Hello everyone and welcome to the latest Liverpool Echo Everton podcast with me, Phil Kirkbride, Everton editor Greg O'Keefe and Echo tipster Tony Scott. Uh, obviously we're looking ahead to uh, the game at Southampton at lunchtime on Saturday, but obviously there's the big sort of talking point and issue that is rumbling on for a couple of weeks now is obviously Everton in the transfer window and the business they have done, the business they haven't done, what will they do, will they do any? Um, Greg, is it fair to say that Everton, we've been here before in the respects that Everton have historically left a lot of their business late and maybe this isn't a surprise or or is it a worry? Give me your feelings on it. Certainly they do have a tendency to to do most of the big business late for a variety of reasons. Um, and you know that I can understand why fans become so frustrated, especially in an era of huge TV deals when clubs who Everton are certainly for the time being, annoyingly sort of competing with in the league like Stoke and Swansea, are getting the same TV money. And, and then you see a, a purported target like Shaqiri join Stoke on a £12 million deal. Everton miss out. You can understand why the, the, the supporters are getting yeah. so fed up and so frustrated. And they want to see signs of forward planning. They want to see signs of ambition. So... All you know, so all that has obviously contributed to a lot of a lot of grown up ang- pent up frustration and anger. All I would say is, whilst I say completely understanding that, there is another two three weeks of the window left. Uh, Martinez, you know, would I would imagine you know say to you, trust us. You know, in the past he's done good business on deadline day, and it might be that he, you know he goes and spends and does good business again. However, it is undoubtedly a risk. It's a gamble because. As much as he might get those signings that he needs towards the end of the window, he may well not. And as it stands, I believe Everton aren't equipped to to kick on this season in squad wise. He knows that. He said that they need three players, but leaving it to the last is just in my eyes a big gamble. Tell me what do you what do you think he you knows? You know, the manager has always said we will go from window to window stronger and come out stronger from the previous window. Are you do you feel that's gonna happen and are you, or do you feel you know you might be more a bit more relaxed about the situation because, as I say, Everton historically have, have done this. A bit of both, to be honest, Phil. A bit more relaxed because probably what I've been used to over the last obviously five or six years is the same dance every single year, last minute. Um, I could go on and on about transfers that have happened towards the end of the window. Um, my concern, what I was saying to Greg then before, is that the longer you do leave it in the window, the price you're willing to pay will only go up. Say for argument's sake, Charlie Austin, you maybe get him to say 12 or 13 million now, whereas in QPR towards the end of the window, they know you're going to have your Tottenham's, your Newcastle's, Everton's are going to be throwing everything at them and the price is only going to go up and up. As we know ourselves, when Manchester United come in for Marouan Fellaini, Everton had them by the short and curlies on the transfer window and they said, listen, 27 million. And they had to pay towards the end of the window. That's it, my concern. Does it, does it work on the other side? I'm just playing devil's advocate. Does it work on the flip side if a club is desperate to get somebody off the wage bill, and and Everton hypothetically are interested, but are like, well, we're happy to wait. If we don't get him at this window, then we'll 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 come again. So if the, the selling club then then folds and they break, and then Everton then get a deal, does it work both ways? I don't know. It, I can see what you're saying there, but if 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 you follow that to its logical conclusion, Everton say, well, look, we'll wait till January. And I take it you mean that at the last minute mm. the club says, all right, we'll do a deal. It could work that way. Yeah. But for, for clubs like Chelsea and Man City, you've got massive squads full yeah. of strength and depth. The problem is, yeah, taking yeah. Austin as an example, you see, I, I don't believe that that's one that's very much on the cards. But However, 
QPR have then, at the last minute, got to go and replace him. Mm. You know, if Everton go and sign a centre-back on the last day, penultimate day, whoever sells in that centre-back, you'd imagine it'll be an important member of their squad, will then have to go and replace him. Mm. And they're right up against the wall then as well. What about a, a club who are wanting to get a player off the off the books? Well, yeah, exactly. If it's someone like Chelsea, like I say, like City, mm. PSG, not, huge squads, yeah. and they've got a player who's not going to get in the first team, they brokered right until the last, and then they realised we may as well get them off the wage bill. Yeah, it could well work in Everton's favour then. Mm. I guess that's why you saw Lukaku join late on loan that yeah, year. It was late, yeah. and I guess it's why you saw him join permanently. Mm. You know when he did, but um, it's just con- such an element of risk. Do you think the concern is when Roberto gets his list at the start of the transfer window and he's got X, Y, and Z? Then obviously, the longer we've gone on, Shakiri's been now that's been crossed off. When you so far you get on this list of players that are now available. He's going to run out of players to obviously target. That's my concern. There's always going to be, I mean, we don't know the, the absolute inner workings, but you, we get told that every, the way it works, every every football club manager will have a position and he'll have at least three targets per position, probably more, you know. It's not, you know, it's not a case of eggs in one basket, one player, oh God, we don't get him, where do we go now? So, I know what you mean though, you, you know, that would be a concern. You fear that the closer we get, you know, as you say, the, the, op, the options are, are more limited, but... I don't know, Greg, would you say, you know, as I was going back to the manager says, you know, trust me, we will emerge stronger. Do you think that, that has that has happened since Martinez has been in charge? You know, has that, has that actually been the case? Arguably, yeah. yeah. I, I'd say you've got to give him the benefit of the doubt to an extent there because I, w- I don't know about every single window, but summer windows, I'd say, yeah, on average, they have emerged stronger. You know, even when they lost Marouane Fellaini. They got a good price for him and they were able to bring in, as we know, James McCarthy and then get those two loans in. How long can he keep that going for? Uh, you know, Like I say, this TV money is coming in. Other clubs have got, and clubs like Stoke, who finished above us last season, Swansea, spent a lot of that money and they've strengthened considerably. Shakiri, you know, Afalai, uh, Netherlands International in Stoke. It's only going to make these teams stronger. and We're trying to finish above these teams at the mm. moment. I'll bring it back to you, so something the manager was stressing this week, and you know, it's a fairly valid point in terms of, you know, the core of the squad that finished fifth is still with them, so it's a case of just adding one or two, and it's not a case of, you know, a massive overhaul. Do you agree that that's a, a you know, something that we need to think in, you know, take into consideration? Or well, don't forget that was two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Now this is the same squad that finished eleventh last yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. We've now lost two centre halves in Alcaraz and Distan. We brought in Delafeu and Cleverly. So arguments that it may have progressed a little bit, the squads, but for me, I think it's still miles away from even challenging for the top four spot, let alone the European spot. You look at the teams, as Greg rightly pointed out, you Stoke, West Ham, Swansea, Tottenham, Liverpool. Pound to a penny, they're going to finish above Everton this season. Why? Because they've dipped toes in the transfer market and that's what happens. Everton clearly haven't and they've left it too late. And that's why Evertonians are really, really feeling the worst as the next two weeks unfold. But don't, again, though, that's the thing you see is that they'd left it late when they got in Barry on loan, Simon McCarthy, and, and you know, brought in Lukaku yeah. on loan, and that worked in their favour. But what with three season, years down the line, yeah. exactly, with three years down the line, that TV deal got bigger and bigger. And now, mm. like you say, you know, other clubs are really doing, doing big But what's concerning as well is that you've got fans with the unrest. And you can feel that it's filtering onto the players, especially at the home games. You've seen the tension yourselves at the home games, lads, and it's 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 bordering on one misplaced pass, and that's what the unrest is coming through, right evaporating right round the ground. 
obviously just slightly moving the issue on and obviously you know um, bad news this week the news that Leighton Baines is going to be out for a sort of at least three months um, it's been suggested by some people that that Everton need to go and look and, and bring in a left back. Um, I personally don't feel that's an issue because we've got Brendan Galloway and Oviedo there to cover. Greg, are you are you confident? You know, in in Galloway and Oviedo providing ample cover for those three months, if not longer. I am. It's just it's just such a disappointing news because Baines gives you so much. Uh, you know, obviously his assists is one thing, but just generally his forward thinking, the way he tries to get balls into Lukaku's feet. It was noticeable on Saturday that he wasn't there because Baines will try and pick a pass and play the type of pass that Lukaku likes to run onto. I think they've linked up quite a lot, actually, since Rom joined the club. And not having him there, Brendan Galloway, with all the best will in the world, is a young lad. And he's not, at the moment, as forward-thinking. Yeah, he's an athlete and he'll get up and down the flanks, but he doesn't seem to have, yet, the football brain that Baines has. Oviedo, a little bit more similar, but you know, hit and miss, fitness records, you know, to be proven now. So he's just going to be a massive miss. All I can hope is that like, knowing how hard he works in the gym, knowing how good he is and fastidious about his own kind of rehab, that he beats the prognosis and gets back before end of November, December, because I think he'll be missed. be interesting to see if Gareth Barry operates more at left-back. Mm. OK, he hasn't got any pace in terms of getting up and down, but he is good in terms of distribution from that. Told you just quickly, mate, your thoughts on it. Fear for us if Oviedo or Barry goes to left-back. I'm happy with... Galloway, boy, I feel any bit of pace against Gareth Baddy and we'll be screwed, to be honest. OK, thanks for listening, everyone, and uh, stay tuned for, for more analysis and reaction from the Echo Everton podcast. Wie had dat gedacht? Van shoppen in Milaan naar achter de koopjes aan. <laughs> Gelukkig heeft Telford smart pakkers. Niet het laatste model telefoon, maar wel de beste prijs. <laughs> dat is toch genieten? Geniet ook zonder te veel te betalen met Telford Smart Packers. Zoals de Samsung Galaxy S7 met 1 giga en 150 minuten. Nu voor maar 26,50 euro per maand. Doe hier voordeel mee, Telford. Let op. Geld lenen kost geld.